Welcome into the Defeating the Curse podcast, FP and LP show. It's no Joe and Steve show today. It's it's the it's the OGs. How are you feeling about uh, Landon Collins, LP? I've been into about him. Yeah, I've been thinking all evening about what is the political way, politically correct way to call him what he really is. (laughs) He's one big (laughs) giant P. Giant P. Exactly. Goodness, like you're a freaking football player. You were supposed to be like the Sean Taylor of. 2020 you asked he asked to wear 21 you wanted to wear his number and you're like i'm too small to play linebacker i don't want to get hit by linemen like oh my goodness that he he's got to be one game away from getting cut he has to be one game away from getting cut i have never heard of a defensive player be like i'm too small to deal with big linemen i'm he's bigger than cole holcomb cole holcomb is small (laughs) <laughs> he's he's yeah, twice I, as big as Cole. Like, there's no politically correct way to say it. He's a giant P. Man the F up. Play football. And and the whole thing, like, so Ron came out this week and was like, Landon Collins is a downhill, in-the-box linebacker. That's how he's going to excel. That's how we're going to play him. And then Landon gets interviewed. He's like, what was I drafted as? Interviews like, safety? That's right. I'm a safety. I'm always going to be a safety. All that garbage that he says. But then he's like, but well, I'm a team player. I'll play linebacker if I need to. I'm not practicing deep coverage, blah, blah, blah. Dude, any football player who's on the cusp of not playing should take any position change given to them to stay on that field. I have never heard of a football player like Sulk that he's being moved to a different position. You're still on the field, dude. Strengths. Like, he's got to know that's a strength. Like, two years ago when he was signed, everyone's like, he's an inbox guy. Like, he's not a coverage guy. Right. Don't put him in coverage. Right. Like, he heard that, too. That's his strength. Like, play to your strength. Like, the, the coaches are putting you in a place to succeed, and you're like, oh, I don't want to get hit. Like, but, the, but the truth is, like, you, you can tell – while it while it might be his strength, if you look at some of the replays from that Chiefs game, and you and I were discussing this, there's one play in specific. He was playing at, at the linebacker position, and it was on one of those stupid plays where the the running back like broke six tackles to to convert for a first. Landon looked scared to get in on that play. He ran, his arms were kind of like flailing. He like pinballed off a like a wide receiver laying down a block on he, him. He didn't even want to get get involved yeah. with a wide receiver. I'm uh, it just he needs to get cut. And and honestly, this is the end of his career. You and you see it time and time again when a veteran player stops being productive in in their quote unquote default position, and the coach is like, hey, maybe you'll excel at this position, and then that'll kind of extend their career. Circa. D'Angelo Hall, right? Kind of cornerback move to safety. That that kind of concept. You extend your career by by playing a different position where you'll excel at. For Landon to come out and be like, I'm always going to be a safety. I was drafted as a safety. I want to stay a safety, but I'll do this for the team because we're down a man. No, dude, we're you're, we're not moving you because we're down Bostic. We're moving you because you're trash. <laughs> you at sucked safety. at safety. <laughs> like 
Yeah, I, I can think of one other safety in recent memory that has done this move, and it's T.J. Ward, who was the safety on the the Broncos Super Bowl team, right? Right, and you know he was the inbox safety, and you know had issues in coverage. He got paid as a safety, but then he got moved to linebacker for the Browns, and he did okay. I mean, like and the, you got, and that's the other thing you can like tell. You're not kind getting of, a pay cut to move to linebacker, like, and, but in, you can tell Landon contract, is concerned about his money. He's concerned about his re-up whenever that comes. In his head, he thinks safety money is higher than linebacker money. Where as of true. late, it is. no, as of late, they've kind of been overlapping. No. Yeah, unless you're elite. A decent safety is going to get paid more than a good linebacker. Well, uh, if you go tier two linebacker and tier three safety, you're still going to get more as a tier three safety. But it it doesn't matter. At this point, who's going to pay him as a safety in his next contract? Nobody's going to pay him to to be on on any team. It was a a five-year deal or something, so he's got three more years under this current contract. Like, You're lucky that the coaches didn't ask you to take a pay cut to move to linebacker. Like. Or cut you, period. It's he's it's, he's I've, just a I've giant. Never seen, like, yeah, I have. N- and, and you like, know what? I, I Ron Rivera Ron because he made the wrong cut this week. He should have cut Landon's ass rather than Dustin Hopkins. Like, okay, I get it. You're gonna make your statement, and you got to pick somebody. And in Ron's mind, he's like, I'm gonna pick the person who's probably gonna affect the team the least, and like send a message still, without changing up. Yeah, the team. Landon's still a, he's still supposed to be a good player. Just When's the last time you've seen it? When's the last time you've seen it? I mean, he preseason. This I feel like this game against the Packers, this is kind of make or break for Landon. And if he completely shits the bed, there's like I think Ron knows there's no way I can keep him as a starter if he if he if he sucks on Sunday. There's I just no think way. So. The, I think the, I think the, one thing you got to watch for is the snap counts this week because I bet you his snap counts are going to go down, and it's just a sign. Like he's giving him one more chance, and he's going to get cut. But he not cut, it, but it, he'll it, just be benched. I don't know about yeah, maybe benched. Just benched. He's just not going to see the field, and then God forbid something is someone gets injured and he has to come back. But it, I mean, but at this point, is is Kaliki Hudson any better than Landon Collins? Like he's the next option at linebacker. Honestly, he could be. He 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 might have a higher ceiling than what we than what we've seen of Landon. And that's all. Dude, I'm put, not I saying I'm Shane not saying Kizer Landon's not better. Yeah, he's a, I told he's you a that. Bruiser, I told you that physical. four weeks ago, and you you laughed at me. <laughs> at line, you never said to put him at linebacker. No, I, I basically just said take Collins out and and put DeShazer in, and you kind of laughed at me. Yeah, because at, I mean, at safety, I still think that Cam Curl is going to be your number one option, and Bobby I, McCain as your free safety. Well, Bobby I mean, McCain's—that's his strength. Too. Eh, yeah, but his strength is in coverage, so that's kind of a gap that you have there. You can't take someone who's good at coverage and take him out and put Here's someone who's a bruiser. Here's the thing: any player who's hungry will be better than Collins. Collins basically came out and said, "I'm not hungry. I don't really care." I'm not going to put my my body on the line to be a linebacker and and risk injury against these big linemen getting into the second the the secondary and he just pushed out. I mean, so yeah. anybody else I mean, at that point, anybody else has a higher ceiling than Landon Collins. 
you're one of your highest paid defensive players. It's 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 if not the highest paid defensive player. Maybe outside of what John Allen possibly. Yeah, it's it's just he he's got to go. He's got to go. And look, I, like I know Joe and Steve kind of covered the D Hop thing. The DC media, like, is just so poisonous because it was <laughs> for the first five weeks, six weeks. We got to cut D Hop. D Hop is bad. Cut D Hop. Cut D Hop. Cut D Hop. Second, he cut D Hop. All the like the the other tide comes in, and they're like, "Why did Ron do that? What a bad move!" Blah blah blah. And it's basically because we brought in some no name bum off the streets working at Home Depot. I mean that that's essentially why everybody's upset at the D Hop cut. But it, if you look, no, at, I'm upset at the D Hop cut because he wasn't worthy of getting cut. Sure, he's missed two extra points. Sure, he's you have to look at goals, his whole. But you also have, you have to, look to look at, at the his whole, whole body of work. And you no, also no, no. the the big thing is you have to look at his um his ability to to get a touchback every time on kickoff. Yeah, before that, D-hop, how many times were we getting burned on kickoffs yeah. because the returner would return to the forty, the fifty, whatever it is. It's, it's right? huge. We're underestimating the value of making the other team start at the twenty-five. But it's also there has been a lot of big moments that D Hop hasn't delivered. Big moments. You should have addressed that in free agency in in August summer, right? At at the latest in August. This this move and the timing is is dumb on Ron, and it's kind of wishy washy on Ron. I get why he did it, but again, he's throwing he's throwing everybody a bone. It's it's the same thing as last year with Ron, where you don't get kind of a clear cut message, and he's kind of being wishy-washy on what it is that he wants to do i'm not going to make any changes boom you make a change i'm not going to cut any players boom you cut a player i'm not going to nah, 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 boom you do the other thing like and that's kind of what you had last year we're working on the rebuild oh wait we could actually kind of win the east it, it's it's very he isn't as set in his ways as we were expecting him to be which is good the which problem I, is I, I don't, I don't see that as a, I don't see that as a downfall because it's not a downfall, as a head but it's coach, you got to be able to adjust to what's happening around you in the season. Right, and but last adjust year faster. I saw it like adjust it, faster, and it worked last year, right? But he needs was, to adjust. We're going to rebuild. Faster. We're going to evaluate. We're going to teach them how to win, and then it was we have an opportunity to win the division now. Let's go for it. Right, but I'm then if you look that. if you look last year, if he adjusted faster. Then you go for it for for two points against the Giants or whatever, or you, or you go for those wins to kind of get you more into the playoff hunt instead of adjusting too late, and then it all comes down to some kind of fluke benching uh, Jalen Hurts, Eagles, Giants matchup mumbo jumbo to get us to the East. You know what I mean? So Ron, I have no problems with Ron, but he needs to adjust faster. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna disagree with that. I, I think the the Blewett thing is is going to be a disaster. I 100%. think he's he's probably going to get cut within two three weeks himself. Yeah, we're we're then, we're now we're, in the go. we're now in the abyss of the kicker game. Yeah, it's going to be an issue for the rest of the season. Absolutely, it might be an issue Where for the D, next three years. D Hop's going to get picked up somewhere else. I guarantee you, he'll he'll at least be on a practice squad somewhere for whoever struggles this week. Yeah, he's 100%. a good kicker. Like he is. Sure, he's got some issues. Not not denying that, 
probably a lot of it is mental psyche with these kickers, right? You get a new team, you get a fresh perspective, you can go in there and, and kick field goals again. That's probably yeah. what's going to happen. Right? Yeah. It's, it's going to be a disaster. And, and Green Bay is going to steamroll us. Did you see that, that stat line where since 92, the Washington football team has had 31 different quarterbacks? Green Bay has had two. Now, that's starters at the beginning of the season, or that's That's played quarterbacks. Has Aaron Rodgers never missed a game? He's missed some. But I, I mean, it's. but I think he's – I want to say he's I think it's started. probably – yeah, starters or – Starters. No. Either way. Even some of those games – well, no, because Aaron Rodgers has had a lot of injured seasons and, and missed games, so it's not that. I think it's just kind of starting – Going into the start season, quarterbacks, starting season. quarterbacks. Yeah. We've had yeah. 31 different. They've had two. Yeah. I and mean, I mean – Look look at the two franchises. Couldn't be further apart from each other. Here's, Green Bay's here's, obviously got their own issues, right? Letting Aaron Rodgers walk away is going to be a disaster for them. But they've won. I mean, they have recent history of winning. They're a winning franchise. Here's not, the problem that we're facing, right? Does it doesn't matter who's brought in as GM, who's brought in as president, who's brought in as coach, whether it's a coach-centric approach or it's a up-and-comer in Jay Gruden or it's a, you know, Marty Schottenheim. I There's just – like, we're just a disaster of an organization. And you can say the owner, the owner, the owner. He's done – he's literally tried every possible thing that he, he can do. He's been not involved. He's in, I mean, I, in, a, in a oversized hoodie. Like the the dudes. We we covered it in a previous podcast where it's almost where the owner, the owner, the owner. While it might not directly affect what's on the field, it affects kind of the psyche of the team and the players. Where they're no, like, the, the players don't give a shit about the owner. Play no players yeah. give a shit about the vibe of the team. If they if you go in week in and week out. And everybody hates the team. Fan base hates the team. Nobody respects the team. Nobody gives a shit about the team. Other teams aren't worried about your team. It's hard to get charged up and come in there and kind of play with pride and play with, like, some tenacity. It's hard. And a lot of that comes from Dan Snyder. So, yeah, players don't give a shit about Dan Snyder and what's going out off the field. But mentally, week in and week out, they're all on social media. They're all watching the same shit we're watching. And if they say they're not – they are, and they know, like, man, nobody respects this team. Everybody's down on us. Everybody's coming after us. Congress now wants to come get all the NFL emails and everything. Like, we can't catch a break. It's hard to come in week at, day after day, week after week, and put 100% into practice and 100% into preparation. and 100 Like, there, it comes to a point where all these players are like, man, I'm going to just phone it in and get through my contract and bounce. Yeah, it's possible. And, and I, I guess think, uh, I guess from a you, uh, from a Washington Snyder, that, that from a Washington fan perspective, I think the only thing you can root for is Congress does jump in or whatever the House does jump in and forces Snyder to sell the team. But I mean, Which won't happen. It's it's not going to happen. No. I, I mean, Snyder probably has some guilt in the 650 emails. 100%. But probably not enough to force him to sell the team. I, I'd, I'd say it's 99% Bruce. I would say he has for Bruce and 1% Snyder. I would say he has very much so enough guilt to get kicked the F out. But on the flip side, he probably has that much more collateral damage 
against all the other owners and the and and the, the shield to be safe. And I think that's but why I don't I, think uh, Congress shouldn't care about the shield or the other owners. If there's if there's an like, issue across the league, then that should be addressed. But here's the thing: it's it's the owners run the show. Goodell he's, does nothing. The NFL not be office does clean, nothing. But I don't think he's got that much dirt on his hands. Even look, worst case scenario: let's say Congress comes in, they find all the bullshit they need to find. They get a subpoena. They find all the bullshit. It blasts whatever. You still, at that point, need a majority voting from the ownership to do any change. But and hold it, on. If, if you're a billionaire owner and you just went through this massive investigation and you got out squeaky clean, what's the first thing you're going to do? Clean everything? You're going to go to your IT department and make clean them everything. delete everything. You're going to go to your backup company, make them wipe everything. Right. I mean, at this point, I, things are white. And, like, I, and I get gonna, that. I bet but you would not it, get those would it surprise back. you if whatever contracting company the Washington football team utilizes didn't do a good job? No, because it would, it would surprise me if a backup company did do a good job and does have backups from 10 years ago. If there was ever a franchise that's going to fumble a giant cover-up of all their bullshit – it would be this franchise. Yeah, but would it would would you be surprised if Dan went to some mom and pop shop in Ashburn to do backups and they're out of business or you know they just don't do a good job? Like it, he's he's not going to he he's cheap. <laughs> There's no other way to say it, right? He's not he's not going like he's not going to to Google to do backups or I eh, no he. he it's still a billion-dollar enterprise, dude. You're not going to be that cheap. It's a billion-dollar enterprise with something that doesn't matter to the product of them making money. Anyways, it's it's all moot. Congress is going to – nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to get released. Not, Dan ain't leaving. Like, it's – it's the fan base needs to get over every time scandal happens begging for Dan to sell. It's never going to happen. Let's move on. Let's change he, what he the fan base cares about. He sold it to Tanya. <laughs> Last year when he was in trouble, he got rid of the minority owners, got a loan, and owns now the whole entire team. He came out on top. He lost on top. I don't like, – leave Dan alone. He is slimy and snaky enough to always win. But every owner is slimy and snaky. Agreed. Yeah. I mean – the thing is, it's He's never going to change. Free. The fan base, the fan base needs to get over it. I'm, I'm sick of toxic Twitter and 106.7 and PFT and, and all these idiots being like, oh, we need to see you. We need a fire. It's never going to happen. Move on. Let's talk about Ron Rivera and finding us a franchise quarterback and, and finishing this rebuild. Everything else is, is not going to change. And I'm like, we're screwed because. Ron Rivera is not an offensive-minded coach. Free agents, Aaron Rodgers, right, next year, Russell Wilson, possibly, whoever, the the ones that can make a change coming to a team, they're not going to choose to come to a team without a young, sharp, offensive-minded coach, a la Stafford and McVay. They would have. They're not going to choose. They would have if the defense really was a top-five defense. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, of course he would come. Why? 
because you've got a top five defense and you have the opportunity to come in. And guess what? You get to bring your own playbook. You get to bring your own. You're the offensive coordinator. Like Peyton Manning, when he went to the Broncos, he ran the offense. (laughs) You think Adam Gase? Did did anything like look at the, the track record of Adam Gase? Like, the, I, I the think that could have worked. If you, if but you the look problem at Stafford, is Stafford you have is, a shitty is, defense. Stafford a shitty is offense. You wrong right you now. You have shitty ownership. You have a coach. Okay, maybe he's a, who's a Stafford, leader. Of the Stafford's coach. proving you wrong because at the time Stafford was not I, of the of the Peyton Manning caliber, right? Aaron Rodgers no, is no. in the free Aaron agent is market. Go no, no, run. no, no, no. In He's the free go agent the team. market, they're all up there. But Stafford at the time saw a potentially. But he's not a Russell Wilson or a a Rogers. Like Russell Wilson is going to go run the organization wherever he goes. No, He's going to pick no. the plays. He's going to pick the players. No, they're going to the pick. Look, no, nobody's going to get that outside. Look, even Tom Brady. Rogers is getting it. that no. now. Tom Brady went to a team that had weapons already. That had a good offensive coordinator that had an offensive-minded coach. Nobody's looking for a team where they get to be the offensive coordinator. That's guess not what, Guess what realistic. Tom Brady did? Guess what Tom Brady did when he went to when he went to Tampa? He brought in Gronk. He brought in um, Antonio Brown. He brought in Leonard Fournette. He brought them in. <laughs> he recruited them, but he, he didn't go in and, and demand these things. He didn't but he demand went, them. He but, went to a team. But Look, ownership and... He and, went to a team that was offensive-minded, that already had weapons, that had an aggressive, offensive, and, like, unique playbook, and that's what he, he went after. When let's, you have let's just, our team, let's look, just move on and agree team, to this. Is Washington going to be good ever? They're never going to be good. For the foreseeable future, they are never going to be good. And I think we can agree to that. All right. <laughs> we can agree on that. I mean, the, the maybe part- not forever. For our lifetimes, they're never going to be good. Look, but the point, like, this is a podcast. We need to discuss how they can become good. We can't just end the argument saying, oh, this team sucks. F, <laughs> F all our listeners, go home. Discuss how they're going to be good. Here's move, the issue. move to Here's another the, city. Here's the issue. Start over. Let's let's break this down. Ron is on a five I want to talk about bets. We'll talk about bets in five seconds. Let me just finish this point. Ron is on a five-year contract, right? He's on year two without a franchise quarterback. Year one doesn't count. Year two, no franchise quarterback. His his plug-and-play stopgaps of Fitzpatrick and Heineke are not working out for us. Free agents that may become available next year that can make a real change, right? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers level. They are not going to elect to come to this team it has nothing to do with the defense. It has to do with the offensive side of the ball. Yes, we have weapons. We don't have a real run game. Scott Turner's offense sucks. Ron, Mayer's, Ron Rivera's defensive-minded. So if you're one of those free agent quarterbacks, you don't come to Washington. So that leaves you then with a really bad draft class of quarterbacks or really bad lower-tier free agents. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Tua all these other ass players that are, are being thrown around as coming here. That's not going to help Ron in year three. So if year three, you haven't addressed the most important position on this team, you get fired. There's no way without addressing the quarterback situation that Ron makes it past year three. 
That is what's happening right here. And honestly, I'm okay with after year three, if it's another year like this, getting rid of Ron. All I heard you say is that we're going to suck. <laughs> I'm explaining why we'll suck, and, and and now we have to get to how to fix it. Guess, guess what happens after year three? We start over with a new head coach, either a young up-and-comer, a retread, you know, Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> Outside of him, I think I, I don't think there's a single human Here's being on this earth that can fix it. It doesn't matter the coach. It matters the quarterback. If Goose Allen got out of his own way and we kept Kirk this entire time, we might still have Gruden. We might still have McVay. We may still have LaFleur. We might have a lot of pieces still in place had Kirk Cousins stayed. But right? Are, didn't, do you argue that sucked. point? Again, yes, we suck. I, dude, you're talking to the biggest Kirk Homer in the, in the world. Like, well, yes. It's a possibility he, we could get him back next year. Would you like to see that? I mean, he, he sucks now, but. <laughs> Anyways, let's go to bets. The NFL well, let's, sucks. Let's go to bets. Cleveland, uh, Denver tonight. Who do you got? Let's just do straight up on this one. Uh, well, considering it's 17-7 currently, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking right now. Cleveland's minus a point and a half. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, Cleveland. Denver's in the red zone, though, so I don't know. Um, I'm still going Cleveland. Teddy you is have to. Teddy's broken. That heck up. And you're also right. some for some reason a Drew Lockhomer, but he's not coming in. I don't know why he's not coming in. Cincy, Baltimore. Cincy is six and a half points plus six and a half. This, to me, is one of the harder games to pick on Sunday because I really like what Cincy's been doing. And I think they have the better run game, the better receiving weapons. And Burrow, I think, has potential to be the better passer eventually. But the Ravens right now are hot. Lamar is insane. You got to go Ravens, but it's going to be close. You're going to go my Ravens minus six and a half or straight up. Just pick. I want to say straight up. Okay. And then are you going to go Cincy plus six and a half? Yeah. Ravens straight up Ravens minus six and a half. That's you. Yep. All right. Panthers Giants. Panthers are minus three and a half. Minus three. It's the uh, the Gettleman Bowl. You got to go Panthers. I'm going Panthers both ways. Yep. Same. Washington, Green Bay. Washington is <laughs> plus seven and a half. <laughs> Why are Washington even... plus 14. I'm still taking Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. EB's betting his 401k on Green Bay, so. I think he's going to be rich. Should we put a fat bet on Green Bay? I think we have to. I kind of want to put a fat bet on Washington. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Kansas City minus four and a half and the Titans. The Titans are, are making a little bit of a run themselves. Based on what they did to the Bills 
and Derrick Henry is just a monster. And the Chiefs' defense isn't better. They just played us last. You got to you gotta have to go Titans, and I don't think they can stop Derrick Henry. A lot of it depends on Brown and Julio. Julio's probably not playing. But I H. would J. Brown lean, is. That's what I'm saying. I would lean Titans, but I don't know about the spread. I'm going to go Titans. Straight up, I'm going to go Kansas City. Oh, no, Kansas City's minus four and a half. I'm like going to Titans both ways. Yeah. Titans both ways. Titans Falcons, both Dolphins. Ways. Ooh, that's going to be a crappy game. Falcons, because two is trash. You got to try it. You got to trust Ryan over two. Yeah, I'm going to go under on that one at 47, but I'm going to take, yeah, Falcons. Yeah. Jets, Patriots. Jets are plus seven. I could see the Jets beating the Patriots. The Jets no, are awful. It'll be the Patriots. That's a winnable game for the Patriots. Are you going to go Patriots minus seven as well? Yeah. I'm going to go Jets plus seven, Patriots straight up. Detroit and then Rams. Oh, jeez. It's 16 and a half points for Detroit. <laughs> Goff ain't gonna do. They if you, the Rams if you know take Goff. if you take Detroit straight up, that's plus eight hundred and thirty right now. The Rams know Goff, so I'm going all Rams. Even minus sixteen and a half. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot of points. I'm gonna go Rams straight up Detroit plus sixteen and a half because I just think that the Rams are gonna have this in hand, and they're not gonna blow them out. Well, you know what? I'm going to go. Gonna I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, they're going to blow them out. I'm going <laughs> to go Rams. Rams both ways. All right. Philly and the Raiders. This one could be potentially interesting, potentially upsetting. Um, the Raiders are minus three. Philly has a decent secondary. And that defense isn't terrible. But. I'm going Raiders. I think based on what they did last week after all the Gruden stuff coming out strong, I'm going Raiders again. But I may go Eagles on the points. I'm going Eagles both ways because it's just so Washington that they get blown out and everyone else in the East wins. Except the Giants. I picked them to lose. So I'm going to go Eagles. All right. Chicago, Tampa. Tampa is minus 12 and a half. Redemption game yeah, for mean, Brady after the fluke miscommunication on downs last year. They'll come out crushing. Agreed. Houston, Arizona. Oh, man. Houston is plus 17 and a half. Man, there's going to be a lot of blowouts this week. I can see this one. J.J. Watt come home game. You're going to take Houston? No, no, no. Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. So what can you see? The obvious? J.J. Watt destroying the Texans the first time he plays them again. Yeah, I mean. Oh, nice. Nice. My guy just got a touchdown. (laughs) So, yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to go Cardinals both ways. Yep. Yep. Colts, Niners. I'm going Colts. 
the Colts, I think the Niners are trash. Colts and won I think last Kyle week, right? Shanahan. Uh, yes. I think they did. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Kyle Shanahan's on the hot seat. Niners are trash. I'm going Colts. Yeah, I'm gonna go Colts, especially giving four and a half points. Yep. Getting four and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that was the Sunday night game, and then the Monday night game, Saints, Seahawks. Jameis over Hawks Gino. are plus four and a half. I'm going Jameis yeah, Gino, over Gino. Gino's, Gino's trash. Yeah. Saints both ways. Agreed. I think we agreed on most of these today, this week. Yeah, what what did we disagree on? I think Eagles we disagreed on. Eagles we disagreed on. I think we may have disagreed on the Jets, Patriots. Yep, that's that's one. All right. I think that's it. Did you write them down? Are we going to put these bets in? Uh, Of course I did. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't write them down. But what I do want to do is I want to have a holiday show. Um, I know the junks do it every year. But, um, you know, the biggest drinking day of the year is the day before Thanksgiving, right? I'm down. I'm and, down. And, and young FP and young LP used to get smashed Let's do on the it. day before Thanksgiving. Should we be together? Or... I think we should. I'm down. My basement is always open. I All think right, we should do, do it. it. We I'm should in. do a live show. Live show, drinking. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Show. You're going to hear a lot of hookah bubbles. <laughs> yep. It's okay. And a lot of cursing. But well, it will mark the show. It'll be explicit. it'll be the LP and FP unfiltered show. Uh, you get to you get a sneak show. peek into our true lives. I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really quick before we wrap up this show, give me your instant reaction about that Wiz game last night. I heard you and Joe talking about the Wizards playing defense and being surprised that they can play defense, and I'm thinking in my head. What are you surprised about? It's basically a whole new team. The coach is new. Most of the players are new. Not surprised at all. The, Surprising because we haven't really Wizards, seen a strong defense. But yeah, but it's it, they're new players. You haven't seen it because, I mean, it's <laughs> Gafford and Beal and a bunch of new players. If Brooks was in, I don't think we saw what we saw yesterday. Well, yeah, Brooks wasn't a, a very good coach. Um, specifically a defensive coach. He, he was an exactly. offensive-minded and coach, and that's the why they were making. the number three offensive team last year, but they would lose 147 to 155. We were basically the Kansas defense. City Chiefs this year, but of basketball last year. But a much worse version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, I think the team is deeper than we've ever seen. Um, I think Toronto really sucks, so... There's, you know, there's, there's a big asterisk against that win. Um, right, and, and what Siakam was out, right? Yeah, he was out. Yeah. I mean, they, they basically got a bunch of six, six men of the year players. Uh, Montrezl Harold is, is, is a phenomenal backup center. I like Gafford. seeing the, the life juice come out of him. I, I, I think it's time to trade Thomas, Thomas Bryant once he's ready. Um, you do. Yeah, because there's no space for. Th- there's no space for three centers on this team. So I would trade so you're, him. You're comfortable riding Gafford hard 
And yeah, having... I think I, I always thought Gafford should be the number one uh, okay. center in in 2021 basketball. I mean, he can jump, he can leap, he's an energy yeah. guy. He's you know he can block shots. No, and then not, final he's question. Not, he's not a stretch five, which what the NBA is kind of leaning towards. But I I like everything that he does. I think he complements this team well, um, especially with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie being, you know, not an outside shooter. So I think having a guy in there, you know, who, who can kind of clean up the boards and stuff like that is, is going to be good. And then I think Beal can actually take a step back from being this massive scoring guy to being a you know better distributor of the ball, getting other players involved, which we saw yesterday. Like, I don't think he needs to go 35, 40 points a game anymore. I agree. The ball can be spread a lot, a lot more. I, I was, were you, were I was you happy with what you saw from Kuzma? Yeah, I mean, other than his haircut, I think he's great. <laughs> I mean, if if he can maintain sort of that same offensive presence all year and not kind of steal the game with his, I don't know, inconsistencies, it it could be a really fun team to watch. Oh, he was he was a great player before LeBron came to LA and you know brought the super team with him and then there was no space for him. Right. And and you can see that now with the the Lakers. There's just there's not enough balls to go around with that team. Yeah. Um. So I think most of all, I think everyone on this team knows what their role is and can fit in kind of nicely into making this puzzle work. I also um, love. I, I did how, see uh, Drew Gooden's uh you know keys or like success to the season would be a five to eight seed, which I'm like. That's stupid. Like, what, why are you aiming for five to eight? You you basically had that last year. I think um, you can get a three, like three to six is attainable based off one game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> three is probably a little bit high, but four or five, why not? I Actually, do like how. Why not, uh, why not two or three? I mean, yeah, it, it really depends on, on Beal's health. I mean, the Nets looked kind of shaky so yeah it's it's yeah. possible i mean Kyrie's not going to play for the whole year so there's that but um i you know i guess they're they're still one superstar away from being a contender um, possibly but milwaukee also you know changed that whole narrative last year and they have one superstar and you know a bunch of really yeah, good players that's true and so so it might be the dawn of the the one superstar team instead of the LeBron formula, which I would love be it. all for. I'd love yeah. it. I would love that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I'm rooting for the Lakers to lose every game. They play uh, definitely tomorrow, not, right? Who definitely do they play not taking any any triple double bets on Russell Wilson this year. Dude, Shep fleeced the Lakers on that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Love yeah. to see it. And I was very critical about Shepard last year because I'm like, what are you doing? Are you building for the future? Are you trying to win now? It didn't make sense to me. But he may do with – like he traded John Wall, which was an untradeable contract. Right. For Russell Wilson, which is an untradeable contract. Right. But now he traded Russell Wilson for a lot of tradable pieces. Yeah. So we'll see what happens You know, kind of towards the middle of the season at the deadline. There's, they're really heavy on small forwards. Rui didn't play. I don't know. I know he's back with the team. I don't know. I don't know like when he's going to start playing again. Yeah, but I'm not it'll sure be interesting either. to see how he breaks the rotation. I think he'll I still be. Think he I, starts I, over KCP. 
Right. Yeah. I think uh, he'll he'll be a good uh, addition. It. I mean, it's, it's, I, what kind of Rui are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the the ten and five Rui, or are we gonna get a Rui that can step up and really be like that number two scorer on offense? I mean, I I feel like this is what his this is his third year. Yeah. I think I think third he can make a, a a big stride this year. I'll tell you what though, this this team just kind of based off what you've been telling me off the side and what I saw against the uh, Toronto team, it's this is the most excited I've been for a Wizards season start in a long time. Last year, even with Russ, I wasn't really feeling it, but this year, I think the the excitement's definitely there. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely probably an under the radar team. I don't think anyone's you know, uh, anyone's super excited about the West Unsell Jr. hiring as a head coach, right? I think a lot of players think it's, you know, the name and all that stuff. So, um, but, you know, one game through, he, he showed he's got the, the team working together. Yeah, and you can the see the chemistry thing building. That we didn't see, never, we yeah. never saw that with Scott. Right. right. It was always a one or two man show and a bunch of, you know, side pieces. Mm-hmm. Where now it's it's really just kind of more like a puzzle where everyone kind of fits in together. Yeah. The caps. Want to talk caps? I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk caps all day, every day, man. They looked fantastic today. They, I mean, Devils were two and zero. We came in, curb stomped them. I mean, when you have to decide who's the bigger factor on your team, Koozie or insert name, it's a great season. Koozie has been playing great. The offense has been playing great. You're going top to bottom, east to west. You're you're just Laviolette. You can tell like COVID messed up his sort of first year with the Caps, and now the team's really getting his message and coming across and attacking. And like tonight's game, the puck passing was so fast and crisp and precise that we looked faster than the Devils. And the Devils have, like, the youngest forwards in the league. They're one of the quicker teams. And we looked like we were able to keep up with them. And if you think about playoffs in the past, it would always be like, oh, the Caps are the slow bruiser team. And then when you meet, like, a Carolina Hurricanes or somebody where they're just going up and down quicker than us, we can't keep up. That's kind of changing this year because we have a good mix of vet and, and young. And they're just sort of attacking and doing amazing things. Ovi still Ovi. The team starting hot, three zero and one. All the points needed, and Vtech looks like a fantastic netminder. It's oh man. Outside of Washington football team, this city has a lot to look forward to in the coming the coming months with the two teams going. Yeah, I mean because baseball season's over for the Nats. Right, and I mean according to to Stevie and baseball Matt and Joe and those guys. It's a retooling, not a rebuilding. So it's very possible that next year the Nats, or maybe the year after, I don't, I don't really listen when Steve talks, but the Nats could be on the rise faster than than a regular rebuild. Yeah, and and you know, at this point, I'm, I'm all in for for same game parlays, same game parlays for yeah. for playoffs. So um, I'm enjoying it. This is the best time of year, man. Every sport oh, is on TV. Every night of the week. It's fantastic. Multiple games every night. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, my bank account is not going to like how much FanDuel 
stuff happens. Hey, uh, you know, thanks to you, I had my biggest win of my FanDuel career last Sunday, so. You're welcome. Listen to FP. He knows how to bet. I don't know about all that. I think you, we, <laughs> we both got a little bit lucky because I'm we were so sure checked out of the Washington my, game. I'm pretty sure you copied my four o'clock game one for one, and I made all the decisions. No, I'm pretty sure yeah. I did, but, no, it's you know. Well, I mean, I guess you have a lot more time on your hands since you suck at fantasy football, so. I do suck at fantasy this year. I'll admit it. Kareem Hunt on IR. Kelsey was a stupid pickup. He's broken. Not Kelsey. Kittle. Justin Herbert had a poo-poo game last week. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, your, your fantasy season's over. Yep. All right, FP. It's been fun. Listen to all our stuff on Defeating the Curse on all your podcast apps. Follow us on Twitter at Defeat the Curse. This has been FP and LP. On the week six, is it week six? Bet show? Yes, week I seven. Think week six. I think it's week seven. Week seven, okay. Take your word for it. Because we're two and four. Week That's seven. That's right. All right. It's been fun. We are out.